Welcome to She Inspires Me. I'm your host, Caroline Bruni, founder of She Inspires Me and Organize Curate Design. Launched as a Facebook passion project back in 2017, She Inspires Me was reborn as a podcast in 2020 to highlight the incredible women we all encounter in our everyday lives. Thanks to our key sponsor, Organize Curate Design, I welcome you to season two, another year of sharing the stories of inspirational women. Welcome to another episode of She Inspires Me. Today, I'm super excited because I am chatting with Tina Tower. Hi! <laughs> uh, Tina, I was saying, we were just saying, it's been so long since I've spoken to you. Um, and even though we're looking at each other through a screen, it is lovely to see your face. I know, I know. you too. Our listeners can't see your face, but I can see your face and it's beautiful. Yes, we just went and became wonderful hermits during the last year and a half, I think. How good is that, though? I'm okay yeah. with that a little bit. Yeah, we both live in beautiful homes where we get to work from home and, and be with our children and our fur children and, yeah. and our partners. And, yeah, our lives are kind of similar in that way. But um, mm-hmm. I'm going to end for, for anyone who's like, who's Tanner Tower and, and why is Caroline so excited? Let me tell you why I'm so excited. So starting her first business at the age of 20, an enterprise that went from being a small suburban tutoring centre and educational toy store to becoming a licensed program and then a franchise. After five years of franchising, Tina opened 35 Begin Bright centres across Australia that employed 120 staff. After Begin Bright was acquired by an international education company in 2016, she started coaching other people on how to scale their service-based businesses. When Tina found herself repeating a lot of the same fundamentals again and again to people who were paying top dollar for private coaching, she decided to put the repetitive content into an online course. It went off. To put location freedom to the test, Tina set off on a travel... um, off to travel the world for a year with her husband and her two children, visiting 28 countries, all while growing the online business a couple of hours a day. Since returning from travel, her empire has continued to grow. It's been a revelation to her that this little online business she runs from home with just a couple of staff makes far more money and has such a greater and wider impact than her franchise company ever did. Tina has helped hundreds of people package their expertise into online courses and launch them to the world. Through her program, Her Empire Builder, she is on a mission to help 100 women build $1 million a year businesses by 2025. Tina is the author of two books, One Life, How to Have the Life of Your Dreams, and million dollar micro business. Tina has won some cool awards like the Telstra National Young Businesswoman of the Year Award. That's a really long title for an award. <laughs> and Australian Business Champion and has been featured on the Today Show in the Financial Re- Review on Sky Business and as a businesswoman to watch by the Huffington Post. Tina lives with her family on a small farm on the Australian East Coast, and from there, she helps people develop and grow their online digital business empires. Wow. <laughs> You're like 80 now, aren't you? Because that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I went hard and fast at a young age. You went hard and fast. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. I love that about your story. Um, 
I often, because people are like, how do you do all the things? I'm like, I started really early. Like I was, you know, I think we were similar at, you know, the age of 20 or so. We're both, mm-hmm. I've, I've got, you know, some weird and wonderful things in my 20s as well where I was like, what was I doing? Why wasn't I just out clubbing? Like, no, didn't have time for that. No. Um, but I guess to clarify for, for our listeners who are like, oh, Caroline sounds really excited. So I have crossed paths with you in so many ways um, throughout the years. And the one that really speaks volumes to me is that my youngest son, who's now about to turn nine, was a big, begin bright kid. Yeah. And um, I remember coming across, and funnily enough, probably just before you sold, because he was born in 2012. So, you know, he yeah. started going. Um, he actually started going when he was three. Um, because I, I brought that. him in and they were like, he's ready. I'm like, oh, is he ready? Because he was a bit young. He was the youngest in the group. And um, so at the time that he was going um, and doing this pre-prep program way before he was even ready for prep, um, I had met you through Business Chicks and yeah. through the Business Chicks community. And so our paths were crossing in all these different ways. And you know, we've both gone on to do lots of different things, but it is an absolute pleasure to be chatting to you today. Um, now, for me, as someone who's looked up to you from a business perspective and just a human perspective, because I think you're a pretty damn good, cool human being, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually want to know, one of the things I really admire about you is that I feel like you really keep it real. So tell me, where does that come from? Like, because it's easy to hide behind a lot of, you know, armor, masks, whatever you want to call them. You keep it pretty real. So how how do you do that? Well, I just think it's not helpful otherwise. So, I mean, like you said in my intro, my my mission is to create a hundred women who are running million dollar a year businesses, and if I look like you know, it's just this this fake facade that everything's so curated, then people have unrealistic expectations and psych themselves out and go, well, I can't do it because, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near all of this. And so they think that it's not possible for them. So it's very important to me to be able to go, hey, look, if I can do it, you can do it very easily too. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We can cultivate joy and we can go after all these things. But of course, we're going to have anxiety and we're going to have stressful moments because we're pushing through fear and we're going to that next level and that's okay Mm. yeah yeah and I think that's the case in life in general like you know we're talking in a business context because we often look to the people that have done it before or that are doing it and being successful to be our models of what we can be and as you said that authenticity piece is really important but it's just life like yeah. being a good parent, being a good human, all that sort of stuff. Um, now, I need to get this just like it's not on my my list of questions, but I need to talk to you about your weekend. Um, so we're <laughs> recording. Um, it's mid-May, 17th today. Um, what did you do on the weekend, Tina? Uh, so last week I went to the Business Chicks Conference for three days and then I left that, flew back to Sydney, landed and went to a studio recording session, listening session with Delta Goodrum, who I love her, and then went to the Business Blueprint Conference for two days straight after that and then got back last night. So it's been a very big week. And that none of, well, not none of that was planned. Business Chicks was obviously planned. Yeah. And then... You were listening to the album on the plane. Yes. 
the new album. On yes, the so her new album, which, you know, for people that this is your first exposure to me, um, talking about hiding things, I did think early in my career I should really hide my love for both Delta and Celine Dion because it's like <laughs> the so opposite of what the cool kids do. But then, oh, I, you know what, I just, I love them. I love them. And so Delta's new album came out and I do think it is her best ever. <laughs> So I downloaded it. Do you say that every time, though? Do you say that every album when it comes out? No, there was one that I think was not great, but this one, like, I think it's, I do think genuinely it's her best ever since the first one. I think the first one and this one is like her best body of work. And so I downloaded the whole thing. And this is, I go next level. I even like screenshotted all of the lyrics so I could like read the lyrics while listening to it. So I can learn the words. I'm like a teenage girl. Um, and then I landed and I went onto social media to, you know, tell her that I think it's her best work ever because I'm that person. And I don't think, I think no matter how famous or successful you are, there is a moment that's her second day of launching the album where she'd be there crapping her pants going, do people yeah. like this? And so I was like, I'm yeah. going to be that person to go, hey, this is your best thing ever. And I saw mm-hmm that just around the corner from the airport, she was about to start this like studio listening thing where she recorded the album in the studio. She was having 40 people there to just listen to the album and said, "You, you like, you can come. And I'm like, what? What? So like I just drove around the corner to the studio where there were 40 people listening to her play the album and talk about all the different songs and why she wrote them and how she wrote them and she jammed on the piano and danced with us and it was just like, what? Mind blown. I want to cry now just thinking about it. Oh. I was so <laughs> like I didn't even, like I didn't even like selfie video myself dancing or like I was so in mm. the moment and so in overwhelmed that I was there because yeah, there's so many. I've met some of like the best business people in the world, and I don't have that moment. Like, I can talk to them like a normal person. Yeah, but for, I just love her. <laughs> I'm so glad. I uh, well, I saw this on your socials over the weekend, yeah. and I was like, oh, Tina's going to be like all pumped on Monday for our podcast. She's going to be <laughs> yes. bringing all this positive energy, and yeah. and obviously you went to a conference, which was the part that was scheduled in your weekend. Yeah, so I was um, then presenting at a conference called Business Blueprint, which is like a business yeah. group um, that does general business education in Australia as well, which I think is like the best general business education that you can get. Um, mm-hmm. So we're speaking there too. So, yeah, this was like my in-between, which my schedule is always so jam-packed. I'm always going yeah. from one thing to another, and I literally had like a three-hour gap to rest before going to the evening event for the conference mm. I was like like what are the odds the universe man it just it, supposed to be there. it's amazing it is amazing it is absolutely amazing and I think for me one of the things that and why I made a point to drop that into our you know scheduled questions <laughs> other than really like them. exasperating my nerdiness <laughs> <laughs> it's not nerdiness it's just passion it's like you're allowed to be passionate about what you choose to be passionate about and if that's Celine Dion then and Delta Goodrum or whatever whatever it is then that's totally cool um but one of the things that really resonated um as I, even when you were talking on your socials about business chicks and going to a real life event away with other people it's so far removed from as you said before like this little beautiful place that you live with your family and you you know you've got a small team you work from home or the 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 property um but you've come from 
a while ago because Big and Bright was a while ago, but you've come from this face-to-face interacting with parents and like kids and then building that and interacting with your franchisees and now you're in this online world. So how do you how do you balance such a big change and and what have you found to be the pros and cons of just those two worlds of really face to face versus like online? Yeah, well, it surprises a lot of people too. I'm a real introvert, so I I can perform. I'm I'm good at performing and delivering mm. and doing that, but then I like whoosh, retreat straight back in Mm. and so online business is like the best business model ever for an introvert like you can just be behind your computer screen you can bring it you can deliver and then you're off like right now I'm in my Ugg boots and my trackies and it's fabulous (laughs) Um, and so it's been really good to be able to do that but even going um, you know I used to be face to face all the time and I think you get used to that and you get on like that adrenaline train and and like really accustomed to showing up all the time for that Um, but yeah since COVID hit and everything shut down I'd never really allowed myself to like unleash the whole hermit in me and I didn't know I would love it so much and I really, really did. And so going back, like last week, that that epic week was the first week kind of back in the real world since that all happened. I had massive anxiety on the way there going, oh, my gosh, like not so much about seeing all the people but just that feeling of like here we go, you know, like it's it's going to start ramping up again, like I've got to really like kick into that next gear again and it, it was really nice to have that like lower time yeah it is it's really I think in some ways even I I sit right in the middle of the whole introvert extra extrovert thing I actually had my um 12 year old niece say to me are you an introvert or an extrovert I got it a guess and she's like I can't really guess it's like it's really confusing I'm like I'm in the middle um I'm the same I I can perform and be out there but man if I get to have a whole week by myself I'm totally okay with that yes people think I'm weird I'm like what do you mean I'm like it's great no Mm. one talked to me for a week it was like heaven (laughs) um but it's so true because we've all experienced this we have all experienced some kind of having to be on our own to whatever extent or with just a handful of people because of the pandemic last year. And um, I know we're really grateful, um, fortunate here in Australia where we're not experiencing COVID the way that some other places in the world are. Um, but, yeah, being able to switch on and off, that I had never thought about that from an online course perspective, but it totally makes sense to me because, and also you often don't have to do it again and again because it's recorded. Like you record, you're on and you bring bring your A game and you record the piece or you do the Zoom or whatever you're doing and then you go off and you do your thing behind the screen, which yeah. sounds really well, I have both. So I do pre-recorded online courses, which are my evergreen content, but then a lot of my day and time is spent, I have a membership, which is my mastermind program, which is a lot of face-to-face delivery. Yeah. I say face-to-face like on Zoom. Yeah, but quite <laughs> screen. Yeah, but you're still going to show up for that. Like yeah. even if you are in your trackies and your Ugg boots, which I totally am today as well. Um, but even when you're doing that, you still have to show up in front of a screen. It's yeah. And presence is important even face, to, like even with facial expressions and tone and and all of that. And I can imagine there's more than one person on that call. So you're showing up and you're holding that space for, for multiple people as well, which is 
which is really lovely. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit, you know, envious of your round-the-world trip because, man, you went to some amazing places and your boys and your husband, they're just so lovely. Like every time I see photos of your kids, they're just beaming. They're like yeah. little rays of sunshine and they're super cool. Like they're cool kids as well. They like really they're are, yeah. really kind. But My they're also husband's credited for that. He's a cool surfer. I'm a computer nerd who loves Delta. So I, it, that's all him. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. I think they also get a little bit from me. They get the kindness and the, you know, the the beautiful human energy. Yeah. I don't know your husband. I'm sure he's lovely too. <laughs> Poor guy. I'm like, give you all the credit for all the nice stuff. He's just the cool stuff. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, so tell me what were the biggest learnings? Oh, my God. How many? Like the, the, no, the big ones? It almost seems like it was fictitious now. Like it just seems like it was a complete world away from from what we do. And I am, like, I know it sounds so corny to say I'm so grateful, but I am so grateful that we did it when we did it, especially mm-hmm. with the world shutting down like six months after we got back. Like it just, because we sold everything for the trip. We sold our house and our cars and our furniture. And like, had we gone off into the world and a couple months later, the pandemic hit, like, oh, Ooh, it happened ouch. to so many families. Because there's there's more families than you realize that are traveling. Like we met so many traveling families that are just nomadically bouncing around the universe. And mm. it was it was the best year of my life. Like I it took me a bit to get over in going so it's all downhill from here. <laughs> like I'll never <laughs> have a better year than that. And it just like it's it's the memories of it that I'll just I'll cherish them forever and replay them again and again and again. Like it was we it was something we always wanted to do because we're big travelers. We've always taken the kids right from when they were born overseas, like three or four times a year. So they're used to traveling, but it's very different to going on a holiday than making travel your life and doing that. And, you know, it was a big call to take them out of school for a year and, you know, just walk away from our whole life. Like we literally just shut everything down. I didn't share much on social media. I turned completely off for a whole three months with no email, no phone, no nothing. And that was like after being on for such a long time building this company, it was just it was just so beautiful to just have that space. And so one of the things after I got back from the trip was to like vow that I would never work at the capacity that I did like pre the trip. It was a really good line in the sand to go, okay, we've done that. We can now make better decisions going forward and do that. But I mean, we went to 28 countries. Like it was just, it was mind blowing to see the world and to open our perspective. Like it it shifted me as a human favor. Hmm. And what an amazing opportunity for your young boys who are, you know, a little bit older now, but just that opportunity to be in those moments with you um, and to see the, sh- the change. I'm sure they saw the change in, in all of you because you see it firsthand when you're in it oh, together. They grew up so much, like their level of resilience that they have from, I mean, like probably the hardest part, we were in Mongolia in the Gobi Desert for one of them and, and we got in this car and we booked this tour <laughs> And we got in this car and the driver didn't speak English. And so we're off in the middle of the Gobi Desert, which the Gobi Desert is like, like, like just 
desert as far as the eye can see. You can't see anything. There's no animals, no houses, no, no nothing, no trees, nothing, just just desert. And we're like, you know, like how how long? Like how long? Where are we going? Like how are we going? We didn't know where we were going, where we were going to end up. Like there was no one to tell us. And then one day, like I think it was about day three, we ran out of food and there was no food. And we're like doing the hand gestures of like 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 food. And he's just like nodding and smiling. And we're like, we, we need food. And so we had a packet of trail mix because I always had like a kilo of trail mix in my bag just like mm-hmm. for emergencies. And that's what we ate for two days is trail mix and we had one bottle of water and we didn't know what was going to happen. And so the boys and then at the end, like where we ended up, we ended up there was these couple of yurts. I've gone totally off track with this, but it's just like cool. we went into these couple of yurts and we're like, oh, finally, like here's some civilization. We're going to get some food. And we walked into this tent and it was like they'd slaughtered an animal to feed us. And so there was just like bits of a camel hanging up with blood all dripping down. And so my kids just burst out into tears. I walked mm. out and just like threw up everywhere. Like I've just never seen mm. anything like it. And so we're yeah. sitting there just like going, what's the And then they come out with these stainless steel bowls filled with vodka for us to drink. And we're just like, what is this? But this is what I mean in like the world really is so different and we mm. didn't want to be offensive in being like, what the fuck? Like, what? And so yeah. anyway, they cooked the camel. We ate the camel. Um, I did not drink the vodka in the bowl. And then we went to go to sleep that night and we're like, like, where do we sleep? And we w- got taken back into the massacre tent of which like the animal had all been taken out, but it still had this really weird smell yeah and so I'm laying on the floor with a kid in each arm trying to go to sleep and because they hadn't seen white people we had about 15 Mongolians in the tent just standing over looking at us and the boys are both crying in my arms going like mom I'm so tired and so hungry and then I start crying going I know I don't know what to do (laughs) so we just had like we had no phone no reception no we didn't we just anyway so I think those parts of the trip were really they were very bonding (laughs) But they were yes. also really like for our kids, they they built like there's been so many moments since then that like the kids will go through something and Kai, my oldest, will turn around and go, Hey, it's got nothing on Mongolia. <laughs> like, it's, just, <laughs> it's like their reference point for like that's yep. hard. This is not hard. This but we went from hard. there to like St. Petersburg in Russia where we went to the ballet and had like some of the finest food in the world. Oh, and wow. So like the the like juxtaposition of the different places and the different we slept in like the worst of the worst but also the best of the best and just it was just such an experience. But I I feel like more than anything I got the chance and, and Matt, my husband as well, like we know our kids more than most parents ever get the opportunity to know them. And ever since, like, we've had this amazing relationship that I think, like, we can anticipate each other and, like, spending all that time with the four of us in, like, we had seven months where before we got into an English-speaking country. So that was really hard from a language point of view and, and like, we just had each other and it was just, yeah, best year of mine. Amazing. 
So amazing. And I I remember right at the beginning of your trip and you put it out there. You were like, I need to stay off social media because you were trying. It looked mm. like you were trying really hard initially to kind of share as much as you could and then you kind of called it, which rightly so, mind you, in Mongolia, I don't think you would have had much reception to share that experience with us. Yeah. And so that's just yours <laughs> yours, and, um, you know, something you and your children and, and your husband will always definitely remember. Yeah. Um, but wow, that's, I can't even imagine, like you could probably just do a whole podcast series on everything, each oh, location. All the stories is just so yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, and the interview so relatable that it's kind of like, yeah, no, the most interesting thing would come, and this is why I say like, don't get me started on the travel because <laughs> no one ever asks about it. So like everyone's just like me. I'm like, I don't, I, so it's oh, just really? like, yeah, oh, yeah. Goodness. If we caught up, that would be like, I'd be like, tell me all the things. Like, ah. Yeah. Oh, incredible no so this is what it seems like such a like it seems like it was a different life like yeah well it, it almost sounds like a, you picked up a storybook and you started reading a storybook and, yeah. and I'm like oh okay yeah. yeah wow yeah yeah it was interesting so amazing well it obviously taught you that you could really test this theory of your business which is amazing yeah and I'm sure your clients aren't somewhere in a hut in Mongolia so they're they're you know They've got the easier version of, but you've definitely proven that, which is incredible. Now, we will dive into business in a moment, but before we do, um, I devoured your first book. Um, it was so lovely because I'm an audiobook person, so I got to hear you read it, which was really lovely, and because um, and I knew you, but it was even more special when you know someone and you can hear them reading their story to you. Um but I think one of the things that I guess surprised me because we haven't had a lot of, you know, really long, deep and meaningful type chats is, you know, you shared a lot of your personal stories, especially at the beginning and right through because mm. business isn't easy, life isn't easy. There's always adversity and challenges and resilience that shows right the way through whatever we choose to do. Um, but I just found that with what you shared about your childhood and your family and and how that impacted you I'm I'm really curious to know how you've taken those lessons and implemented them in business I can but I guess for context um Tina shares a lot about her childhood and and some of the challenges that she had um with her parents and whatever else um and I can see that in your parenting um well and truly, but it's I'm like really curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I'll just take them around the world. It's fine. We'll go on a around the world trip. 28 countries. Right, my kids fine. tell me really what normal. Day, what like, I no, mum, you love us. I'm like, <laughs> do you, do you know, viscerally know? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I get it already. <laughs> um, but what, out of those have you? Can you identify lessons that you've taken from that point in your life um, that you've put into business? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot. So one of the main reasons I wanted to put that out was like I used to do when I was building Begimbrat a whole lot of. I had no marketing budget. So how I built the business was on personal branding and a whole lot of PR. And everyone mm -hmm. would always ask, like, you know, at the time I was very young. I started franchising when I was twenty-seven, and that was odd because most franchisors were, you know, old white men in their 60s. So people were going like, how do you do what you do? Like, why do you do what you do? And I was always just like, you know, oh, I'm just 
ambitious and I never really answered properly because I never wanted to talk about it. And then I figured, uh, and I wrote this book after the trip and it's like I have to own that story and go, this is why I am who I am because so many people that I would talk to would say, I can't do what I do because, like, I'm damaged and I have this baggage from previous things that have happened to me in our lives. And the more people I got to know, the more we're all damaged in some way. Like we've all got something that keeps us and holds us back. And so the positive of it, I mean, I left home when I was 13 and then I had two sets of parents. My parents were divorced and so I, I, I left my mum's house and, and lived in the back of a fruit shop for a bit and then stayed with a friend and then went to my father's house, was with him for nine months and then he had new kids with his with his new wife and they didn't want me so he just dropped me at the top of my mum's driveway. She didn't want me. So it's like growing up very like feeling very unwanted and unloved when the two people that are supposed to love you unconditionally more than anything, you have a lot of issues there with going with self-worth and going, mm-hmm. you know, if my own parents don't like me, why would anybody else? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's a lot to carry and a lot to work through. But what it did was gave me this incredible resilience where I was just like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm just mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing and and doing it. And when I was a teenager and was very in that vulnerable sort of stage, I think I would have fallen into anything. Like had someone shown me religion, I would have gone like 100 mile an hour into it. But I went to Tony Robbins. I was exposed to that and went into there. And his whole, you know, as as corny as it sounds to a lot of people, his whole adage of if you can dream it, you can achieve it and you can just design your own life, like that whole messaging had me hook, line and sinker. I was there going, oh, my God. So I can just make my own, like I can totally make it up. Anything I want, I can just make it up and go for it. And I did. I went very hard and fast. And a lot of my both gift and detriment is I get a lot of my self-worth from business success. So it was, you know, it made me very successful because I had a lot to prove and I worked really hard. It also was my undoing. In going, um, I got adrenal fatigue, which is why I ended up selling my business was I could not keep up the pace that I had done. And so I have to be really conscious of that. And I have to continuously, like there's a lot of things that I'll do in over-delivering, over-serving, people-pleasing, all of the different things that I'll fall into because I want people to think I'm worthy. I want people to think I'm which I think we all do to a certain mm. extent. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so it's something that I have to be really conscious of going forward. Um, but I also have had nothing in my life. And so I don't have the fear that a lot of people have with what if I fail and I end up with nothing because I know I can end up with nothing. I'm totally fine. I can have nothing yeah. and build it up again. Like it does. Yeah, you pick yourself back up. Yeah. As I've gotten older, that's gotten harder because I now have a lot to lose and I don't take the risks that I did through my 20s and 30s. So I do think it's much easier to start early. Like a lot of people go, gosh, that must have been hard being so young, but I, I, it was so much easier than now. You don't know any different. Yeah, and I work with yeah. a lot of women who are now starting out, you know, in their 30s and 40s with business ownership mm. and it is so much harder because mm. – well, you're used to a certain level of life that you can't just put it all on the line. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and you also have people that are depending on you as well. Like in your 20s, unless yeah. you have children really young, in your early 20s, you're not, you don't have a lot of dependence. Um, yeah. 
know, by your 30s and 40s, you might have children or yeah. a mortgage yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it like, you know, I wouldn't wish my childhood on anybody, but I don't think it was all bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because more than one thing can be true. Yes, definitely. So you've decided because, you know, you're such a non-high achiever that you thought you'd write another book, <laughs> which is so exciting. So when when does the new book come out? I'm, um, you know, congratulations. It's like it, writing a book. I'm, I'm writing at the moment. It's hard. <laughs> no yeah. one tells you quite how hard it is. Yeah. Um, but you have penned your second book mm-hmm. and it is called Million Dollar Micro Business. So what's the transition between One Life and Million Dollar Micro Business? Do they go hand in hand? And Not really. You know, tell us how, I mean, how everything's oh, like, nah, it's different. <laughs> yeah, everything's related in a way. Um, so One Life was the book I felt I had to write. I wanted to write that in my life. Like it just, it had no business benefit, nothing to do with the business I was running. It was just the book that I, I wanted I wanted out there, I wanted women to read and go, whatever my story is, I can own it and I can do what I want kind of thing because mm-hmm. my life's always been separate from the norm. So, like, people have always been like, wow, you're really different. <laughs> but I yeah. kind of like that, you know, you can. Tony Robbins was right, Carolyn. <laughs> you can design whatever you want. Um, and I think the more that you, the more that people see that, the more that they go, you know what, I don't want to do it her way, but I want to do it my way and, and I can do that. Mm. So that was what I felt I needed to. Whereas this one is actually like a lot less personal development, more, more business guidebook kind of thing. So what I started when we were traveling was this online program and it was a revelation to me after working in the one industry for 14 years and working for every dollar, like every dollar in service-based business. Mm -hmm. Anyone who has service-based or retail knows that it's like you get money for your effort. It's just cause and effect straight in. Whereas online business is very highly leveraged. So it's more for an exchange for value rather than time and effort. Mm-hmm. And so when I launched that and, you know, it, it was massively successful and I was going, what? Like all this time I've been seeing people do, you know, like I love four-hour work week and all that sort of thing. But I kind of thought bullshit. It can't yeah. work like that. And so doing it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so then I went on this thing to go, you know, we're all sitting with so much knowledge and expertise and our unique experiences. And if we share that the way they used to be shared in stories and, and things that we used to have in our communities, but if we share that as programs for other people, we can help shortcut their success. So Mm -hmm. it's it's win-win in going, we're getting paid well for the knowledge and expertise we've acquired through our lives and then helping other people to catapult up to where we are. And so I started doing that a lot more. And then I wanted to do that book as like the beginning thing and going, okay, this is how you can turn your expertise into an online course and get it out there into the world and get it started and start sharing it. So it makes it nice and easy. Ah, I love that. And obviously in like, it is something that you've written and it's about to be released. Um, did you say July? First of July. Yeah. First of July. 
fantastic new financial year perfect timing mm-hmm. great, great, great. um and but it is something that will accompany the work that you're already doing so i guess for anyone that's listening and they're like oh your ears are pricking up because you're like oh i've been thinking about business or i've been thinking about this i've been thinking about that um we will definitely have all of tina's details the books um and obviously her socials and her website and um, whatever else in our show notes. So um, Tana does have her online course. She has her um, her coaching, her group coaching and whatever else. And um, if you sign up to her newsletters and or follow her on socials, you'll be able to see when the doors open up for the next round of that. Um, so she'll be able to, you'll be able to kind of get a feel for what it's like and and get to see her and her team in their beautiful rainbow dresses every now and then. <laughs> yes. Like Lots of rainbow and colour. It's very, very vibrant. Yes. It's very on brand for Tina Tower, yes. definitely. Um, so you can grab all of that in our show notes. Um, now, if there is that listener that's listening right now and they're like, oh, I'm thinking about starting a business or I really want to do something that's really going to work me towards this dream life that I've always wanted. Is there what's the is there a first step? Is there a what what would you tell them? Yeah, I think um, make it easy. So a lot of people get hung up. Um, the amount of women that I've worked with that have been like, I've been sitting on this idea for years like years they've been thinking about it but haven't done it. Uh, and it's because, you know, we're such perfectionists but also they make it really big. And so like in the book I talk about the easiest thing to launch is like a six or an eight-week course, like just that one first step linear idea that you can go, here's how to get started and here's how to dip your toe in. And that will both give your clients a win but it'll give you a win too in going, here's something that I've made that's there and then you can build on that rather than a lot of people will start and go, well, I could do this course and this course and this membership and this, and and it's like this massive thing. And so you don't get started because you want to have all of these moving pieces where it's like, it's actually really easy to just get started if we don't overcomplicate it. Mm. So that's my thing is just distill it, keep it really simple and get it to market. Yeah. And just don't take too long. Yeah. Like, You'll change your mind in six months. Definitely. Always when you start, the business that you have 12 months later is going to be completely different. And this is Mm -hmm. when people like are filming, for example, their first online course. And I'll see people booking like $5,000 a day studios and stuff to do it. I'm Mm -hmm. going, no, no, no. Because the first time you put people through it, they're going to ask you different questions that you're like, oh, okay, so I'll change the content to match that. And then you've got to do it all again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just do it on your phone. In your like, find a beautiful place with some nice lighting in your home or somewhere, somewhere suitable. Yeah, so true. I love that. There's yeah. gonna. I'm I'm looking forward to getting my hands on the book and just yeah, checking out, out all the resources that you need, all of the like equipment that you need for basic start, for middle budget, for like if you want to go big budget, like all yeah. of the different options. So it's very practical. But I know I would assume that the advice around if you're going to go big, big budget, then you're going to need a, a nice price tag for what you're charging because you got to cover your costs. Yes. That's how business works. So, yes. Oh, well, that's awesome. I'm super excited to check check out yeah. the new book. Um, it's a million dollar micro business is, um, is the title. And as Tina said, we can get our hands on it um, yeah. on the first And I'm going to see you in Melbourne on our book tour too. Yeah. Oh, you are doing – so you decided? So yeah. you're going to do – Yes. I am going to 12 locations around oh. the country. So we're, we're doing it. We're going big. 
Of course. Amazing. Of course we're going to take every opportunity we can. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll get a nice quiet hotel room so you can be introverted and charge your batteries again. You know what? Our last stop is Auckland and I've booked to go out to like a really remote place after for four days and just completely switch off. So yes. <laughs> Yes, I will. Yeah, yeah. I saw it coming a mile away. I'm like, yeah, I've got to have a plan. It's, and you know, it needs to be scheduled or it won't happen. So that's Definitely. so true. So obviously, book's about to launch. You're going to do a book, um, you know, book tour, um, for the launch. After that, what's is there something next? Is is there a holiday? Like, are you going to take time off, or is it New Zealand four days, or what does it look like? What's yeah, on the horizon? Really. I mean, my my work life now is pretty beautifully balanced, so mm-hmm. I take a week every month is blank. Um, so I have that white space every month to just kind of chill and do whatever. I mean, the holidays depend on the borders opening up and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah so we've got. Um, you know, we've got some state-based ones and Australian-based ones. One that I'm trying to get into that I haven't been accepted yet is to um, do this hike through the middle of the Northern Territory that's completely mm. switched off and off-grid. So I'm hoping to do things like that to really balance out the the high energy that's that's required when we're launching different things and, and fill it back up again. Um, but, yeah, I love I love all of it. I love the downtime, but I also love, like, I love being on tour and meeting all of the people that, you know, you don't get to see all that often that you talk to on social media and, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you're that name that I keep talking to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really do love that and I love the connections for the people as well. So every time I run an event I go, gosh, it's not only I get to connect with people but people get to connect with like-minded people in the audience as well and make friends with them and, and get all inspired by their stories too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So we know what's happening. We know what's coming up and obviously um, everyone will know how to contact you or, or follow you so they can come along and, mm. and be a part of all the excitement. Um, you've met some bloody incredible people and I mean, people that you probably even just spent some time with at Business Chicks, maybe Delta's Delta's biggest fan, because I saw that video and I don't think you have that title. She definitely has that title. Yeah, she I was, thought I was like, Delta's biggest fan until I went there. And then like I saw people like bawling their eyes out and knowing all the moves to the dances. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not her fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not as nerdy as you thought. Yeah. Just, you're just a fan. Yeah. You're a fan that gets invited to stuff because you I'm a super fan that likes her music, yes. Yes, yes. Um, so you've met some incredible people, um, but who inspires you and why? Yeah, so I have like success stories inside the book for that as well. So the book's in five parts and then I interviewed a person that runs like in each of the parts, a million-dollar business in there as mm. well so it can give a different perspective. Uh, and it's different people at different times. Like talking about who inspires me is, oh, bloody everyone. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, a, it's a hard question. It's yeah. so hard. Like yeah. um, the people that I have in there have built really great businesses in a different way to me. Um, mm. So there's James Wedmore who he makes $10 million a year from online programs, Clint Salter who has Dance Studio Owners Association who built this worldwide membership for dance studio owners. Uh, there's so many different people that do things but do them differently. And I did that purposefully to put people in there 
that kind of contradict me in a way to show people that there's not just one way to do it, that you can do it a completely different way and it can be successful. It's up to you to find your way. So I'm always really inspired by people who just have their dream and unapologetically go for it. And and sometimes that's like the big names like James Wedmore. And sometimes it's, you know, like last week, I just spent the whole week going, this is incredible. It was one of my clients. So I have a program called Her Empire Builder, which is like my high level program for women that are running online courses. And one of my clients started from scratch. So completely different career, completely change of path and started with a list of zero and did all the things that she was supposed to and did her first launch and got 11 people in her program. And for me, I went, that's just such a big thing in going to see her do something that she didn't totally believe that she could do mm-hmm. but she mm-hmm. showed up and she delivered and she served these people beautifully and at the end she was just like a blubbering mess going oh my gosh I can't believe this and I found that just so inspiring like she made five thousand dollars in the week which you know people can go when we're talking about million dollar businesses and six-figure launches and everything you know people go where you know drop in the ocean yeah. But to me, that's like, that's how the million dollar businesses start is with yeah. that small win. And I could see in her going, <laughs> here we go. Like she is yeah. ready to fly. Um, yeah, wow. And so I find that really inspiring. Yeah. And oh, what fun you get to have is you get oh. to do this day in, day out. You get to work with some incredible people who sometimes don't even know how incredible they are. Yes. And you yes. get to see those little sparks of magic that you can kind of yeah, pull out of them. Well, that was amazing. one of the things as well after I got back from my trip and, and decided like what I wanted to be when I grow up was <laughs> I was very purposeful in going like we sold the business for enough money that we don't have to work again. But I was 33 years old and like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Do you know? And so I was like, well, I want to do something meaningful. I want to do something that's going to be worth it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I sat down and went like, who do I want to work with? And we were working with all sorts of people doing all sorts of online courses and all the things in us. I was like really purposeful in going, how do I want to spend my day? And I was like, I want to spend it with really smart women that was yep that was it and so I made the program to match the people that I wanted to be talking to every day mm. so I don't work with yep. startups I don't work with men I don't like I'm very very purposeful and it means that you know I get to surround myself with these incredibly qualified experienced smart ambitious women and so like my husband laughs at me sometimes when I'm very confused by other humans because I get confused by other humans quite a lot and going, what? He's like, you live in such an insular bubble where mm. women do these epic things and think in this certain way that you need to like get out in the world and realise how weird that is. <laughs> yeah, you've created your own like your own bubble. It's yeah. and I, I, I hear it's you. nice in my bubble. I don't want to yeah. get out of it. It's I nice don't want to leave my house very often. <laughs> I choose to exist in this bubble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what a beautiful bubble it is. I, I um I encourage everyone who is listening to just check out Tina's socials and just look at the space that she has created for her and her family and her business. Um, You posted something. I'm going off track now because we're supposed to be wrapping up now, but I've got this thing I want to share with everyone. You recently planted some 
And I sound really stalkerish, but I saw this on your social, so I'm not stalking you. Um, you recently shared that you planted some fruit trees and you guys were planting and whatever else. But tell us about the lesson that um, I think it was a woman that had told you yeah. about when fruit trees grow. Yeah. It was like I can find a business analogy in pretty much any experience. Yeah, yeah. But it is incredible how much, like I grow all our own vegetables now. We're completely self-sufficient with that and it's amazing how many lessons I have got from organic gardening but this one was when I first got into it and I wanted to plant the fruit trees and all I wanted was how quickly can I get the fruit you know like so I went down to the nursery I'm like which one grows the fastest which one is going to give me the fruit because I don't want to wait years I want to be like making my mojitos with my limes like at Christmas (laughs) so that's kind of the guys that I was going in and she's like honey okay come and I'll tell you all about it And so she's there and she's like, you plant this one, but as soon as the fruit starts coming out, you cut it off. I'm like, what? Why would I cut it off? Like, I don't want to cut it off. She's like, no, no, no. Because what happens is over the next year, if you let it go out, it will go and it will rush in every different direction. And you'll have all this fruit and it will be, because it's fruited prematurely, it will be scraggly. It will be all over the place and it won't be quality fruit. It'll just be like these deformed little things you'll get the fruit but it won't be very good if you cut it back what you'll allow is for the root and the trunk to get really strong this really strong foundation and then after a couple of years that fruit will be perfection not only that it will be the perfect tree decade after decade as long as you want to get that fruit off it it's going to be great so you need to put the time in at the start to let it grow strong let it get a good foundation before you start getting all of that beautiful fruit And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's like business in a fruit tree. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what we try and do is we, we like, come out of the gate and we go, like, a million different directions. We hear all these things, especially in my industry of online courses, and people are like, okay, so I need to start my podcast. I need to have my online course. I need to write a book. I need to get this credibility. I need to do the media. I need to do networking. Should I do events? Should I do a membership? Should I do all these things and go in a million different directions? And everything's kind of, like, subpar because mm. you're going off in all of these different directions but nothing's perfect yet like you don't really know what like you're doing longevity there. yeah and so this is why mm. I say do one simple course get it good get it really good get that foundation get that reputation going and then once that gets to critical mass add the next thing and the next thing and you'll have that beautiful strong foundation that you can play the long game of business you'll have a really long career that's going to last as long as you want it to so yeah thanks for bringing up the fruit trees because isn't it cool oh that's so cool it just feels so cool. She's telling just me, like, like, she's like this like, 60 year old yeah. lady telling me, and I'm in the fruit shop, just got like the nursery, just going, Oh my gosh, yes, I totally get it. I totally, she's like, You seem really enthusiastic about the fruit trees. I'm like, Uh huh, yeah, a co- mm, of yeah, it's totally trees. about the trees. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking about right now. As I'm like, She's just giving me like the best business lesson ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, This is content. Let's share this as content. <laughs> I did. I came straight <laughs> home, planted my fruit trees, and wrote the story. <laughs> It's so good. No, well, thank you for sharing that story. And thank you for your time today. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. It's always a pleasure to chat to you, um, but it's been a pleasure to share you with our listeners and some of which who may have not have 
you know connected with you in the past who I'm sure are going to be yes, getting their dose. see me on tour <laughs> yes definitely definitely we've got people that listen all around the country so um yeah definitely do that um as I said earlier if you are looking to connect with Tina check out our show notes um or our socials we'll be tagging her in some posts um Tina thank you again have a fantastic rest of the day and to our listeners we will chat to you again soon on the next episode of She Inspires Me Thank you for joining us today and for being a part of this incredible community. Remember to hit subscribe, to share this episode with your friends and family, and to join us in our next episode to be inspired by more exceptional women.